podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What a beautiful break that was from Derby County. And one job cheated Manchester United's defence with absolute contempt. Hello there, you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Independence Rams podcast where we are Derby till we die. I'm Chris Parsons and it's a week which saw the first games of the post-points deduction era for Derby County and it was a mixed bag on the pitch with late heartbreak at Bramwell Lane, that gutsy one-goal victory over Reading at Pride Park and a credible home draw with Swansea at home to preserve uh, unbeaten home record this season. Uh, Tom Martin's here. Mate, I think we should try and keep it more upbeat this episode. Um, what do you reckon? How's your week been? Uh, it's been absolutely tremendous, Chris. I've been at work until half nine last night and then work again until sort of quarter past six tonight. So uh, yeah, lovely. I've actually had a good week so far. Uh, me and my brother had a, a great time on Saturday. Uh, we went brewing some beer, which was fantastic. So thanks for that one, Anton. And uh, then on Sunday... Yeah, my mum and dad were over and we had like a really great roast dinner. And uh, I'm taking my year 11 football team all the way to Faversham, uh, which is about an hour and a quarter away on Thursday night for a Kent Cup uh, third round game, which I'm very excited about. Uh, they're a great bunch of lads and a, a great football team. So hopefully they will continue Derby's good form onto onto the pitch in, uh, in the fields of Faversham. The magic of the Kent Cup, as, as nobody says. Uh, but And uh, speaking of brewing, we're going to have a bit of a reveal on the, on the project we've been working on, which you may have seen on our Twitter this week. But uh, and a few ups and downs this week, lads, not going to lie. the on, on the negative side, I've had an absolutely brutal cold this week to the point where I couldn't really speak properly for about two days after, after going to the game <laughs> last week. Which, uh, but you know, I've, I've, I've popped a few lemsips, I've, I've smashed through some, some strep seals and I've, I've passed a a, uh, I passed a late fitness test and uh, I've made it through. But on the plus side, I uh, I did fill up my car with petrol today. So you know, in your face fuel crisis. And so we haven't uh, we haven't had you on the podcast since the uh, since the A bomb was dropped on Derby a couple of weeks ago. How how you been, man? How'd you take the news? Yeah, obviously brutal, wasn't it? I, I was slightly pleased in a way that I, I was away for that pod um I thought you guys did a great job of conveying the thoughts of everyone to be honest it, it was actually my birthday the day that the news dropped which was uh <laughs> made it doubly savage I, I was out for a, what was supposed to be a lovely meal with my wife um but soon turned into um quite a depressing meal I have to say um feeling slightly better a couple of weeks later the the news from the administrators seems to be kind of filtering through a little bit more positively certainly from a a liquidation perspective um but yeah still been a tough couple of weeks for sure It, it seems like from the noises that we've seen and the administrators talking and they have been doing quite a lot of talking it has to be said they've been quite open and transparent and available to to the media or the less said about their their Twitter strategy, uh, the better, I think, from Quantuma. But they have been giving a lot of detail. And uh, even the last couple of days, they held a meeting with club supporter groups, uh, which uh, which Ramstrust and the like and Black and White together were 
very vocal in uh, in explaining what happened there, what was said, and they did reveal that um, that they they told the local media, Quantuma told them that they are sending out non disclosure agreements as we speak to various interested parties in terms of taking over. So that's you've got to take that as some form of, of positive news. Um, they've said as well, they've said a lot of things, but the key developments I've taken away are that they've said that they do have every intention of arguing Derby's case and negotiating with the EFL on any future points deductions, which I guess we probably knew anyway, and that was always going to be the case, but it's good to hear them say that and and, and know for certain that they are going to fight our corner till till the very end on that one. They've said there are some potential purchasers who are aware of the of the possible points deduction and possible relegation. And according to the administrators in these meetings, they're saying that it is going to be possible to find a new buyer even without the points deduction issue being resolved, which is something. So I think a lot of us assumed that none of this will be able to move forward until the legalities were finally dealt with with the uh, with the EFL. So that is something if it turns out to be the case and interestingly as well Tom and Anton we're going to come on to the attendance side of things at Pride Park but they uh, they were answering questions about ways to fill up the ground and ways to generate short-term revenue and bring in cash and fill up the coffers and it was put to them that you know why don't you just give away free tickets like fill out the ground and the argument Quantuma said is that they said that giving away loads of free tickets wouldn't actually really have a positive effect on Derby County at the moment. And it would actually could even have a negative effect because with more people and fans in the ground comes more extra costs like stewarding and and various others. Um, so it, it would cost us more the more people, the more free tickets are in the ground. So I don't know if you've seen the notes yourselves, boys, but how have you taken to the to what the administrators have been saying, Tom, in a couple of weeks since the, the bombshell emerged initially? Yeah, I think it sounds much more positive than what we initially thought on the, the pod where we did the administration chat. Um, and I think that's that's only a good thing. Uh, they've obviously, as you said, been quite clear. Uh, they've spoke positively and and hopefully about about new investment coming in um, and also the, the fact that they think that the timescale to get something done by December um, or into December is 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 hopeful uh, on the on the flip side they do say that the cash flow is is still an issue and um it's really important i think that derby fans do as much as they can myself included who at the moment haven't done anything so i'm definitely uh throwing throwing stones from a glass house at the moment but derby fans do as much as they possibly can uh, try and get to as many games and as a result of that i am planning to go get up to a home game in in december and i'm planning to, on getting some merchandise in the next few weeks to try and uh, support the club as much as possible. The most positive thing, um, I think, is 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 what we've been crying out for for the last year, eighteen months, is just some form of communication with the fans. Um, obviously, it's an awful situation. Obviously, we we understand the the perilous nature of it, and and that it's going to be difficult to find a buyer and and difficult to recoup these debts. But just having some form of communication in order to to let us know the updates what we can do as fans to support is all we can ask for really so been really positive noises coming out of the club so far and and as tom says it's it's starting to look in a, a bit more of a positive direction yeah i'm not going to pretend there aren't uh, you know it's into- it's all good news i think quite the opposite actually and and there are certainly other reports around about derby possibly having to be saved by the taxpayer and 
there's been plenty there's been as many doom and gloom headlines and and terrifying scenarios as there has positive talk around all this as well but i think look as, as fans we've just got to try to be positive really like we, we sat here two weeks ago and we really thrashed it out about how bad things are going to get and i think now we need to look forwards rather than backwards we need to try and envisage a future for our club and we need to take a glass half full approach even just for this episode if anything really so that's what we're going to do but we're not pretending for one minute that the situation isn't still really really grave but on the pitch as we said fellas it's, it's it's not doing it's not going too badly i mean the points total is still kicking on uh wayne rooney is still showing the 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 players the league table, which doesn't include a points deduction. We're going to come on to whether that's a good idea or not. Um, we are unbeaten at home. We are picking up points slowly but surely. The last four of which came with that win against Reading at home and then the draw with Swansea at home. Back-to-back clean sheets. Always a fan of that. Um, but watching those two games, I was at the Reading game and I've seen a lot of the the Swansea game. Yes, we didn't lose. Yes, it's two clean sheets. But is it fair to say, Anton, do you think we were slightly lucky to get those four points? Or do you think we sort of made our own luck through the effort and the desire that the players are showing at the moment? I think on the face of it, yeah, we can count ourselves a little bit fortunate to to pick up four points. Um, but um, I mean, over the last year or so, we, we've had many performances like that where we've picked up no points. So it does go either way. I, I, I think the two games are actually pretty similar in the way they went with with Derby being on the opposite side of of each of those games I thought the Reading game we controlled certainly first half uh, without creating a huge amount but the one difference between the Reading game and the Swansea game was that we did manage to get the goal in the first half whereas on Saturday Swansea probably dominated large parts of the game but again we we defended very well and and they didn't create huge amounts um and and they were were unlucky in in some ways not to get that that goal they i mean for all their possession they had i think 76 percent in the end and and 15 shots they only actually mustered two shots on target and according to info goal i was just looking before we um we joined the pod actually only one of those 15 shots had a over 10% 10% chance of of going in according to their expected goals calculation. So we restricted them to to shots from outside the box or difficult chances um and we we defended very well. So I I mean on the face of it a, a draw in both games might have been the fair result but um absolutely delighted to come out with four points. Whose job is it to decide what percentage a shot has of going in, do you think? Is is that is that a job that now exists in football or is that just a robot, an algorithm that does that? It's, it's the job of um, statistical modelers, Chris. Um, I, I know it. You are such a data geek, aren't well, you? I, I am in the analytical business. It, it does come down to statistical modelling. So they look at data over the course of kind of many, many years of different angles, different shot positions and, and different shot types to, to estimate the probability of it going in. So it's not someone sitting there and looking at a shot and saying, that's a 10 percenter. It will be the job of someone to track each shot, but um, not actually calculate the probability. I think it's fair to say that we had one passage of play in that Swansea game that had, I'm going to say, a 70 to 90 percent chance of, of being a goal, or it should have been a goal, where <laughs> Tom Lawrence basically had like three very good chances in the space of about 12 seconds. Um, actually, bizarre period of play 
Tom. Like he he gets put clean through, and he I don't I'm not sure I ever really fancied him because a he's on his left foot, b he's had to run quite a long way, and c he's at a, a bit of an angle, and it's gonna have to he's gonna have to absolutely drill it low and hard with pinpoint accuracy into the bottom corner, but forces a save. Then the, the the second shot is sort of a follow up, and he just sort of smashes it straight at the keeper. And then the third one, he does exactly the same thing again. Just, I mean, it, he probably should have tucked at least one of those chances away, shouldn't he? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I can't believe that Ben Heyman managed to have strong enough wrists wrist for once to actually keep those three shots out. Normally, uh, Kutch's old favourite lettuce wrists is, uh, would be out. But um, yeah, fair, fair play to Ben Heyman, three good saves. Um, as you say, I think it was Corey Smith like played a, a poor back pass and, well, poor pass back to the defence and played Lawrence in. He never really looked confident in in scoring and they took the first shot and it was not the best strike and um, the ball went back to a Swansea player and I think it was uh, Jason Knight perhaps went, coming in and winning the ball and that was the one which I thought he should have scored. That was the you know, 70 to 80% chance of scoring for me. He's on his right foot. He's running at the ball uh, from a decent angle and um, for me, I thought he, he should have curled in. I'd like to see the behind the goal angle or from the other side just to get a perspective of where the defender was um, and the, the third one was like he's obviously off, a bit off balance and just tries to hit it as hard as he can and unfortunately he picks out Hamer who's well positioned so um so yeah, I, th- I think he he perhaps should have scored, but as Anton said, like Swansea had a lot of the ball in that game, and um, I think they would have been a bit hard done by had they not have come away for. They're, they're all tough chances, but I I thought Lawrence should have actually done much better with the three shots they had. I, I thought he did a really good job of of kind of taking the ball on and and kind of making sure he stayed ahead of the defenders. But all three of those shots were were directly at Ben Hamer, and I, I know you've said Ben Ben Hamer did a good job there, Tom, but. He'd have been hugely disappointed had any of those gone in because he didn't have to move at all. Um, I know like, they they were difficult chances, but just try and, and get one in the corner. I, I'd rather see one whistle past the post than just go straight down the keeper every time. And, and Tom Lawrence does do that um, a little bit too often in my opinion. I mean, it is just the, the difference between a championship winger and a Premier League winning, winger. You saw the the difference in quality in the Liverpool-Man City game uh, on Sunday and the difference in, in the finishing of the likes of Foden and Salah. Um, that's what you get in the championship. But I, I was a little bit disappointed. He, he didn't make a little bit more of it, Tom Lawrence. Uh, goalkeepers, I just like... He talks about Ben Hamer there. I just can't work goalkeepers out anymore. I've sort of given up trying, really. Like Ben Hamer obviously complete largely completely hopeless for us uh last season or, or whenever it was but it's you know it's gone on to to hold down a place at a fellow decent championship side and then meanwhile at our place it, i guess we're in a quite a nice position really it's quite a nice problem to have because Kellarus has improved this season like his is he has raised his consistency he's pulled off some really decent saves Earned, definitely earned us a few points on his own with some of his performances uh, until the Sheffield United game where he probably rightly got sent off, I think we'd have to say. So then in comes Ryan Alsop, who, let's face it, in the in his first appearance for Derby against against Salford in the Cup was absolutely awful. Like he had the sort of debut that goalkeepers have like nightmares about later, like letting two complete howlers from memory. But last two games, he's been great literally hasn't put a foot wrong or a hand wrong. Like me and Kutcher at the running game, as I said, like, you know, we're right behind him in the South stand uh, yeah, for, for, for that game. And uh, a couple of the saves he pulled off in the half when, uh, well, second half, I think it was, where Reading were 
Plains of the South Stand. No, first half, I think, actually. But uh, yeah, a couple of them absolutely smashed that in. Like, really good reflexes, turning around the post, handling was good, distribution decent. And then follows it up with with same again against uh, against Swansea. So I guess the question is, Tom, who who keeps the shirt? Is it the goalkeeper who's played well most recently in Allsop or the goalkeeper who has played well for longer and been the more established number one in Kelleroos? Uh Yeah, I'm always a fan of playing your best players, I think, uh, and playing your best goalkeeper whenever you can. Um, the question is, I don't. I generally don't know which one is the best goalkeeper. I'd agree with you with what you've said with Olsop. And um, I think confidence plays a lot of, a lot, a big part in goalkeeping. If you, if you're confident, you feel decisive. There are times when obviously myself playing at a significantly lower level, I just feel like there's, there's games where I'm just like, I'm not going to concede today. I feel comfortable and confident. Uh, Inevitably one does fly past me, but that's, that's a different matter. Um, but it is. I do think that has has played a part. And maybe on his debut against Salford, he wasn't maybe properly prepared. It's a League Two team. Things have not been ideal for him, uh, and he's not come in. And then he's he's had the opportunity to really stake his claim uh, and work hard in training, and then stake his claim because of Roos is sending off. And he's he's made two really solid performances. Um, so a short answer. I don't know which goalkeeper is genuinely better because uh, I would have said at the Sheffield United game. Uh, I would have said it would definitely be Roos, but uh, Olsup's kind of come in and done a good job and he made some great saves. John Swift, uh, I think, was the one that he turned over the bar after Curtis Davis' mistake against Reading and he was generally solid against Swansea and looked looked pretty untroubled. So I think it's a tough decision, but I would probably stick with, with Olsup um, just because I think both goalkeepers are, are maybe confidence goalkeepers and if, I think he, I think Olsup's done enough to, to earn the shirt for now. I, I agree with everything Tom said there about playing your best players but um not necessarily knowing which 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 is which um Rooney's got a little bit of history with with that from memory about kind of players coming in playing one or two games and him kind of keeping faith in them if they've performed well which I'm not necessarily sure is is always the best tactic um but it, we'll have to see what happens with um Ruse and also I I think before the Swansea game, I would I'd have gone back to Roos, but now it's it's been a couple of games, and and given the fact that it is so close between those two, we we can't even make our minds up who is the best. I'd probably stick with Olsop for a little bit as well. So yeah, good things happening in Derby's back five or back four or whatever you want to call it with what we're playing at the moment in the goalkeepers, and also in of course with the centre backs, including Curtis Davis. Now the reason I mentioned him is because, as you'll all know by now, Steve Bloom was washing. We are on Patreon this season, which is a uh, uh, our own little membership service where we can deliver you an extra podcast every month along with other bonuses for signing up and competitions where you can win prizes. And uh, our extra podcast this month for October, we're very fortunate to have been given an exclusive sit-down with Curtis, with Curtis Davis, in an episode which we're calling simply "How to Defend," forget uh, forget amortization, forget administration, forget points deductions, forget League One, forget takeovers. This one's purely about football. This one's purely about what it takes to be a top level centre back. The art of defending, just keeping the ball out of your own net. And it's fair to say, Curtis Davis, having played over five hundred games. As a professional, he's played in cup finals, player finals, in the Premier League against the very best. It's fair to say he knows his fair share about how to defend. So yeah, that is Curtis Davis in our upcoming Patreon 
bonus podcast specials. Head over to patreon.com slash Steve Bloomers Washing to to sign up for that one. It's a, a very small monthly fee. And in return, as I say, you get those extra podcasts and bonus content and sign up bonuses as well. Hi, I'm Paolo Wanchop, and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. It's Wilson who takes! Goodness gracious me! That is quite something! Romero rooted to the spot! As the Derby fans in the corner of Old Trafford go absolutely delirious! So brought on an extra man for the second half, uh, recruited some fresh legs with uh, with fans now allowed back in football grounds and back in pubs. We're, uh, we're delighted to be joined by the managing director of our podcast partners, Derby Brewing Company, and of course, a lifelong Derby County fan, Paul Harris. Evening, Paul. How are you doing? Yeah, good evening, everybody. And yeah, thanks, thanks for having me on. Abs- absolute pleasure. No, not at all. Um I guess we have to address the elephant in the room. Uh, how, what have you made of this season? Are you still managing to to find moments of joy following Derby County at the moment, despite the circumstances? Yeah, I mean, I mean, to be fair, obviously, it's trying to look past all the off off the field antics, which has been, um, I think, even for Derby, has taken it to a new level. Um, but yeah, um, I think to be fair on the pitch, um, Rooney's doing a great job. Um, I had my doubts about him, to be honest, when he first came in, but I genuinely don't think he could be doing any more than he's doing now. And to be honest, I absolutely love, you know, going to the games and just seeing the sheer commitment and fight that all the players are showing. And I think they really care and, you know, it's a difficult situation, but they're scrapping for absolutely everything. Um, you know, epitomised by the likes of Shinny and Davis. And I think it's, you know, it's good to see. You know, we might not have some of the talent we had in former previous years, but they really are scrapping for everything. And it, I think you can, yeah, take a lot of enjoyment out of that when when we do win against the odds. And it feels like a bit of a siege mentality. Absolutely, yeah, I, t- I totally agree. And I think that phrase has been used quite a lot by uh, by ourselves and by by other fans. But of course, you're a Derby County lifelong fan. But the day job is is running Derby Brewing Company and goes without saying that you went through an incredibly tough time work-wise with pubs being shut during lockdown and everything that came with it. Um, how has it been this season? Presumably you must be absolutely overjoyed to, that things are now back to normal and, you know, you've got that match day, uh, match day custom again every, every other week. Yeah. I mean, obviously it was, it was a very challenging time for, you know, for everybody. Um, obviously absolutely bizarre from a business point of view in terms of a business that, I guess is open seven days a week, always functioning, always also a place that people can go have res- have refuge, um, go for a pint, see their friends, and obviously these are all things you know we couldn't do. Um, and just completely odd, I guess, to to for the business to be closed down in, in such a way. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really encouraging. Everything's kind of gradually just building back up. Um, you know, but the, like you say, you know, things like, you know, the Derby games and fans make a massive difference, you know, the tap obviously is such a close, close ground to the ground and makes a real difference. And I think as everybody's, you know, coming back and building in confidence, um, you can start to just see things getting busier and, 
you know, building the beer sales and everything and getting back on our feet, which is, you know, it's, it's great to be back. It, it, it went on a lot longer than we anticipated. Absolutely, yeah. And I'm sure a lot of Derby fans are, are making up for lost time in terms of hitting the boozers and uh, and getting back into old match day habits but yeah as, as I said in the first half I was I was back in Pride Park myself for the for the first time in a really long time uh at, at the Reading game and it was just it, it was so great honestly it was just so great to be to be back I mean discounting the fact that I had to get back to South London on a Wednesday night and I ended up getting in about about half one but that was my fault I, I signed up for that but it's just little things, really. I, I I found like um you know just walking in unison to the ground along the river and um you know or like the buzz in the concourse before you you go up to you know through the through the turnstiles and, uh, and and up to your seat and then just going up the stairs and having that little look over the over the barriers and seeing like the pitch and the floodlights for the first time. It was um yeah it was a brilliant experience and Kutch and I were. We're trying to work out how many people were in the ground. I think it turned out to be about eighteen thousand, but it seemed like a lot more than that against against Reading, definitely. I know we're in the South Stand where it is traditionally a fair bit louder, but it really does seem like the fan base on match days are coming together, putting us putting aside everything else. There isn't as much moaning when, you know, the ball's played backwards or um, you know, there's still the same amount of stick that the linesman gets and, and, and the ref gets, but I feel like the supporters are really definitely pulling in the same direction because of the situation we're in, which there's, there's a lot to be said for that. Like Anton and Tom, is that something that you've, you've like noticed yourselves? I know you guys haven't been able to get the chance to go back to a home game since the end of the pandemic yet, but it's fair to say that I think the fan base have really come together in these really, really desperate times for our club, haven't they? Yeah, I, I think it's the single most positive thing that I've seen in recent weeks, really, how the fan base has reacted to to events of the past month or so. Um, you often see people get together, really really come together in, in the face of adversity, and that's definitely been the case for um, this club. I, I, I don't remember the fan base being so closely knit um, in my time supporting Derby. Um, everyone's really kind of working towards the same goal, um, and everyone's everyone's kind of fighting to 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 save the club that they love. Um, even Twitter is, is at an all time low for for number of arguments um, across the fan base. But it's, it's what's been really nice in particular is to see the the incredible gestures that many of the fan base have been offering to to supporters who who aren't lucky enough to to get tickets for the game and and also clubbing together to to buy merchandise and and really support the club um, as much as possible. And it it just makes you feel that the the fans really are the heart and soul of this club and and no one person, whether that's an owner, whether it's a manager, whether it's a player, can ever be bigger than the fan base itself. So if and when we do... Um, get through this and I'm very much touching wood as I'm saying that if we do get through this we'll certainly be back stronger. I agree with you Anton on on everything you said about the fans I just want to say thank you to every single fan who uh, has been able to dip into their pockets and and have that generous gesture of buying tickets or or doing something to support the club it's a great great effort Uh, and also I know that I'm sure there are many other groups but I've seen the Punjabi Rams being very uh, 
open and very sort of like big on this on Twitter about organising uh, fans who got tickets and then distributing them with people. I think they had over 20 tickets to distribute uh, for the Reading and Swansea games. That's a fantastic effort from them. Uh, so big kudos to them for, for sorting that out. Yeah, no, I, I think I think I'll just reiterate what you were saying about um, going to the game and the excitement of it and, and the positivity, I think, is, is absolutely fantastic. And it just shows what the club means to everybody. Um, you know, in the city and, and all around. And I think everyone's just coming together and, you know, trying to, you know, drive the club forward. And actually, I think I think we will come out of this the other end, you know, feeling positive. And I think I think we'll be a better club in some way, in a strange way for it, because I think people will have, it's almost that, um, just that love for the club just comes to the fore and everybody just wants to, you know, do everything they can to help. And hopefully that will, that will remain as we come into kind of more positive, better time. You, you mentioned, you, you've both mentioned going to games again. I, I, I guess that's something else to be really positive about, the fact that we, we can go back to games. I mean, we, we spoke quite extensively last season about how difficult it was to watch at times when we were just watching on TV. The whole beauty of football and the the reason we love it is is those experiences of match day, going to Pride Park, going on the amazing away days. So whichever league we we end up in um, over the course of the next few seasons, we're always going to have that match day experience. We'll, we'll still be able to go to Pride Park. We'll, we'll get some potentially quirky, unusual away days that we wouldn't um, otherwise have. But the enjoyment's still going to be there. We're still going to be able to hopefully watch our club um, and kind of really enjoy ourselves on, on those match days. Well, yeah, the the, the latest uh, the game that we went to, uh, Kutch and I, was that 1-0 win over Reading. Quick one for the three of you, fastest finger first. It was, uh, it was of course, Craig Forsyth who scored the winner. His first goal in five years. Can anyone remember when, who the last one came against? Was it, wasn't a hole, was it? Was it Preston? Paul's in there. Yeah, You've nice been beating work. Tom. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's 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 huge. Well, I mean, Paul, you said you didn't. You said you didn't rate your trivia skills, but you've already uh, ousted Tom, so that's that's no mean feat. Uh, yeah, it was um, a rare fuzzy goal in that game. But as we've said, lots of great gestures coming out from all sorts of different corners of, of uh, Derby County supporters and uh, fan base groups and and that sort of thing to just try and raise that revenue. I know that Quantuma have said that Derby County have pretty much enough cash in the coffers for a month or two but I think I think I speak for everyone where you say we don't really want to take any chances and if there is an opportunity to make the financial picture healthier we're going to do everything we can to do that and Paul the reason you're here to talk to us apart from your Craig Forsyth knowledge is to tell us uh, about an initiative that Derby Brewing Company are, are going to be doing this week it's basically uh, involving you inventing your own new beer that's in collaborate collaboration with the club can you tell us more about it yeah absolutely um i mean obviously when when everything happened um i think like all the fan base is just a bit of shock um getting your head around everything and then you kind of turn to thinking well actually can we do anything to help um and i guess the natural thing for us to think about is brewing beer because kind of what we do what we're good at we came up with the idea of actually combining that with raising some money. So we've done a few charity charity beers and things in the past. And we thought, basically, let's brew a beer, 20p from every pint going to the club. Um, I got in touch with the administrators 
and all of them they're really really positive about it love the idea and love the community aspect um we're trying to see if it's possible to get the beer into the ground we don't know if that's possible yet there are um, certain agreements with the club uh, but they are really positive so even if that doesn't happen we're obviously brewing the beer and we'll be encouraging obviously you know the fan base um, fan base to be speaking to their local pubs, hopefully getting the beer in as many pubs as possible to take the beer and raise as much money as we can for the club. Um, I mean, and and obviously we we spoke to you guys about it, and I mean the initial reaction was a bit incredible. I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but there was literally over two hundred suggestions of names straight away within a few hours. Um, and it's just, I think I just love the whole community aspect of it. And that was important to us to involve the fan base in the journey and creation of the beer, uh, the name. We've kind of come up with a recipe. So it's, it'll be a 4.2% session pale ale, um, golden in colour with great kind of zesty, hoppy characteristics. So lovely kind of session beer. But I just love the idea of actually I could be enjoying a nice beer and doing, doing my bit for, you know, the club that we all love. Um, and yeah, that was the idea behind it. So, if just to get this this right, obviously, if uh, you know it's sold in in your pubs and and pubs around the area, it would be twenty p going to the club. But if you got it in the ground, obviously, the whole thing would would go to the club. I I imagine is that right? How would it work if it was in physically sold in concourses? Yeah, so it's physically sold in concourse. Obviously, we're talking about our contribution. So, um, us as a brewer, we'll give equivalent of 20 pence per pint um will be kind of kept separate and raised for the club obviously if it goes into the ground obviously the club will make revenue off that like they do all the beers that they sell so um yeah that will be obviously much much more will go to the club if, if we're able to do that um but it's all to do with um exclusivity agreements and things like that but there is a potential route to market um through we we work since Carlsberg I kind of worked with Marsden's, there is an option there. But I won't obviously get into too much detail on that, but we're fingers crossed it might be able to get into the ground, which would be great. So we'll explain the uh, how it's going to work from here. In uh, You can explain that shortly. But as you said there, I <laughs> put out a tweet just mentioning this and, and suggesting names because we do want this to be like a, uh, you know, a fan-based, a fan-led initiative of people to 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 be able to drink a beer they're proud of that they want to drink and and that you want to sell so we we put out a call out for suggestions for names and and I literally this is no exaggeration had more responses to this than I have on any subjects I've ever tweeted about about Derby County which is absolutely remarkable <laughs> um I mean at the last count it was about 220 I think um in the space of a few hours so yeah it's, some brilliant ones um some some hilarious ones, some not so great ones. You can explain how it's going to work next, Paul. But I'm just going to run some of the alternative uh, beer names past year. So among the suggestions, we had uh, Gibson's Bitter. I like that one. Um, <laughs> Amortization IPA. My suggestion was Eleven Pints. I thought that was quite good. Nice. Um, the Liquidator. Uh, Paul Beertien. Um, I thought Tom might appreciate that one. <laughs> <laughs> Isael McLeod. Tom, that was your suggestion, wasn't it? I think uh, it was indeed. Yeah, I was pleased with that one. <laughs> yeah, Paolo One Hop. Anyone for that? Yeah, one? I, I, do, I do like um, that one. 
That's great. Yeah. <laughs> that was my that was my favourite Derby player based uh, one that I saw. There's obviously a lot to go this through. This one so. this one is slightly disturbing, but uh, Ram Juice. I, I can see the idea, but like I just can't from a branding point of view. I just can't see that taken off. You, you like this one, Tom? It's the hop that kills you. That's great. I really like that. <laughs> yeah, um, a lot of time for that one. I haven't seen that one. Uh, finally, pint deduction, which is great as well. Um, <laughs> Paul, any of those take your fancy? Yeah, um, I, I, like I said, I do like that Paolo one-shot one. Um, I also saw something about uh, Jim Smith's news, news, which I thought was quite amusing as well. Um, but yeah, there's loads of nice. brilliant ones um, and just playing off, you know, the history, bit of, bit of fun. So I think what so what the plan will be, which is going to be no mean feat, as we literally as we sat here and I just see them keep pinging it, and literally we're going to try and draw that down to a short list of maybe you know three three beers or three or four, um, and then kind of do a vote on it. So um, it's going to be a fair old job getting getting you know uh, the hundreds of beer suggestions down into you know three or four to then for people to vote on. So that's the uh, that's the next stage. Um, which we'll hopefully get out, you know, back into this week. Um, we're actually brewing the beer this week, so we'll then quickly have to turn around the pump clip and get get all of those produced. But yeah, that's that's the plan. But I think just the reaction has been amazing. Yeah, it's been great. It's it's been genuinely. I was quite taken aback by how how much it really took off. It's been absolutely brilliant. Um, so well, look. That's great news, and we're going to continue the positive theme. I told you we're going to be positive in this episode. Um, what we're going to do before we move on to to where am I? We just want some reasons to be cheerful, don't we? Really? Come on! Like it's been one hell of a couple of weeks. It's been brutal. It's been the lowest ebb for a lot of us as Derby fans, and God knows we just need a few glimmers of light at the end of the administration tunnel. So I've tasked Tom and Anton with coming up with a couple of reasons to be cheerful themselves. Let's do one each and then and then around two. So my first one is, I might have stolen someone else's here, but mine is that I read recently that Colin Kazan Richards and Christian Bielik are both returning to full training later this month. That's got to be good news, right? Lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. We, we know how um, big an impact both of those guys have in the team and, and how much of a leader they both are as well. So it'd be great to see both of those coming back. I've I've got one that's that's actually quite quite similar to that in a in a way because um, I've just written two words on my notepad and that is Jason Knight because he is uh, even further along in his recovery because he he's actually started the last couple of couple of games and how nice is it to have Jason Knight back in the team we we look so much more kind of dynamic and fluid with his energy running from midfield and he, he's really kind of come back into the side where where he left off basically so 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 nice to have him back in the team and once him Bielik and CKR are back we're gonna have a really strong first 11. Yeah Knight thoroughly deserves his uh call up for the Republic of Ireland squad during the international uh break and I hope he goes on to do great things for Ireland and obviously Derby in the future uh, I'm gonna follow that with a broader thing of young players in general of which Knight of course is one but we think of him as an established first teamer Stretton, Ebersele when he came in early in the season, Buchanan, Williams the list could go on uh, in there with other players who, who've done a great job and it's, it's really exciting to see so many young players coming through that academy and the money that has been spent in the academy uh, and the, the quality that's been there for, for the number of years. And one of the things the administrator said was about trying to maintain Derby's, uh, I think it's Category 1 academy status. And I do hope that is something that, that remains. And I do hope these young players stay at the club 
even if we do get relegated and they are the the sort of future the bright future for for us so uh yeah it's been really great to see those young players who may not have ordinarily had a chance at the club Paul what's keeping you as a uh, as, as a glass half full guy at the moment Derby County wise yeah so well I've, I've I just wrote down there we've got the best defense in the championship so I mean that would have been un, unheard of unheard of a few years ago the amount of sloppy and poor goals that we used to concede on a regular basis, um, even, you know, even you know, in the very exciting Lampard season, we 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 couldn't defend properly. <laughs> Falls into the box. I think you know we've all been known to those on many many occasions. So yeah, I think that has got to be a massive positive. And my dad would always say, a "Good teams built at the back," and I think we we can do that. If, we had somebody who could put the ball in, then that would be quite dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Come on, let's keep it positive. Defense. I know we all know we're short of goals, but yeah, it's, it's a very fair point to make. My final one is going to be that uh, one I read today, which is that Quantuma are working with Umbro on quote a new shirt idea for Derby County fans. That's mysterious and exciting, is it not, Tom? Yeah, I do love that. And I enjoyed the picture that you uh, quoted alongside that, the yellow and blue Umbro shirt. Um, I can't remember what year it's from. Was it early oh, 90s? Come on. If they just released that bloody shirt, I will just, I'll pay obscene amounts of money for a remake <laughs> of that shirt. I'm not even joking. It is a gorgeous shirt and I, I really hope they can do something like that. And um, yeah, again, another really sort of positive thing. And uh, keeping on the positive uh mantra as we're there I've been loving Rooney's attitude and and also Rosinia as well and all the backroom staff that there but Rooney's attitude and his um sort of dedication and commitment to the club in uh, press conferences and everything that he's been saying he's without doubt the glue that's holding this team together um and there's something that I read on BBC Sport earlier this week which is about the fact that the Derby backroom staff are showing the league table based as if we hadn't lost those points because it's showing them how well they're playing and the fact that we had a disastrous sort of summer really where we were, we, we were really worried about what was going to happen to the club regardless of any sort of points deduction and actually I think only two or three points off the playoffs so I think that mentality is is really good to keep the positivity um, if this team gets into a negative run then it might be really difficult to to get them out of it but if they keep going positively and I think that's the the, the meaning and the decision behind showing that uh, league table I think that's the the right way to go and it keeps the confidence high uh, despite the obvious difficulties and um, I have to give Rudy a lot of credit for that and uh, Paul mentioned this earlier he said that he was not too sure about Rudy perhaps last last season but um, he's I've been really impressed with him so far this season and it's really his attitude and determination has really shone through. Just to add to that Rooney point um, he's obviously been fantastic on it in the as, as the face of of the club over the last few weeks but what one additional point that I, I didn't mention in the first half actually I, I wanted to get to but I, I was really impressed with what he did in, in Swansea game about changing the shape at half time. He, he is really learning tactically Um and he's learning from his experience at Derby, which which we've often criticised in the past. I, I was similar to to all of you guys in in being a little bit unsure about Rooney, but um, he's often been unwilling to change things as it's been going wrong. But he identified that we were getting overrun in in the wide positions, and he, he changed it at half time, and we looked looked much better in the second half. So both on the pitch and off the pitch, he's been absolutely um, sensational, and and we, we're really lucky to have him at our football club. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't. I, I couldn't echo that more. I think um, he is the perfect person for us right now because, as he says himself, he's a scrapper and he's fighting and he's determined and he won't walk away. And that, that is infectious and he's driving us forward, almost <laughs> forcing us forward. 
at times, which is brilliant. But my, my, my final extra positive point was, I think, you know, there's been, un, under obviously Mel's ownership, there's been a huge amount of, you know, there's been some positives, but there's also been a lot of, you know, jiggery-pokery and poking. And, you know, as much as we, you know, might have issues with the ESL and many fans do and, you know, they might be being harsh and all those, ultimately, I think whilst Mel was at the club, there was always going to be an issue for the club. Um, not that I agree with punishing the club if the issues with the owner, but I think the fact that you know we have gone into administration, the positive that can come from that is a is a bright new future with new ownership and an opportunity to move forward in a positive way without you know the the trying to kind of do smoke screens and do all of these different things to make it work. Um, and hopefully we can get back to being you know a well respected club moving forward in a positive way. Um, without all the all the carry on that's been going on, so I think that could be one of the biggest positives to come come out of everything. No less of the uh, jiggery pokery, as you put it, a clean slate and a chance to to build a a brighter future. Got to sound like Boris Johnson then, Jesus. Um, well, <laughs> let's move on from that uh, from that from that swiftly. We couldn't have you on, Paul, without testing your Derby County related quiz knowledge. Uh, so Anton's in the chair this week and some what you got for us i am indeed i've got um a, a classic game actually where am i um you guys will obviously know how that works i'm sure most of our listeners will as well but just as a quick reminder i've got a football ground away day in mind i'll, I'll run through several clues um and each of uh, the guys will have a turn each clue to to guess the name of football ground so my first clue is that this ground is located 52 miles from pride park chris uh shrewsbury town is incorrect tom the bescott stadium walsall good guess but no the hawthorns um no it's not the hawthorns either three good guesses but um not there yet so second clue, um, the ground has a capacity of 10,120. Tom, North- Northampton Town, Sixfields. Incorrect. Uh, Chris, Chester, no, it's not Chesterfield, is it? That's not 52 miles in Derby. <laughs> Carry on, <clears throat> as you were. Salford's ground. It's a good guess, but it's not correct. So third clue, um, Despite being founded in the same year as Derby, they've never played in the top flight and their current league position is their best for almost 30 years. Chris. Tom. Paul. I was in there first. <laughs> I, uh, I think Chris got in it, there just first. Is it Lincoln City? It is Lincoln City. Do you know the name of the ground? Yeah, get in there. Um, Sinsel Bank. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely give you that. That was the name until... 2019 and had been since the 1800s but it has actually got a new name it shares shares a name with a railway company which runs through lincoln maybe the lner it, it is the lner stadium what a name that is we'll stick with Sinsel bank i think well it's good it's good you mentioned lincoln because i think quite a few people suggested 1884 as a beer name but i think lincoln claimed that a few years ago is that right paul i've seen that as a suggested name um there, 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 yeah. there is definitely a beard called 1884, yeah. Lincoln were definitely founded in, in the same year as Derby, so that might be true. Um, what, one clue which I didn't get to, which was our, our last trip to, to Lincoln. Do, do any of you remember that back in 2004 in the League Cup? Do we win 3-1? 
Uh, correct score, but the wrong way round. We actually lost yeah, the rest lost one that, yeah. after extra time. Um, I think it was. Uh, no, I think it was in normal time, this one. Idiakes put, put us a goal up, but we, we went on to lose 3-1 in the first round. Well, there you go. That's uh, another sensational round of Where Am I? Uh, Paul, cheers for coming on. We really appreciate you joining us on the podcast. So yeah, that beer. Stay tuned for more news of that Derby County related beer it's, a, it's going to be a really special job and something we're really really proud to be uh, sort of connected to when uh, when you approached us to try and get the word out so uh, thanks so much for joining us no no worries thanks for having us on and all, all the uh, all the support with the beer um, and yeah it's been yeah it's great uh, great being involved and i think it's just part of that community that we're hopefully the club is i think returning to it's great to see so yeah thanks guys Onwards and upwards. Tom, Anton, see you soon for a pint of uh, Paolo One Hop, right? Yeah, can't wait to try it. Sounds delightful. All the best. (laughs) Thanks for listening.